Okay. If animals could talk, if all animals could talk, which species would be the most rude? <gasps> That's a good question. Right? See, I thought you were going to say if animals could talk, would you stop eating them? Oh, gosh, that's a really good question. I totally would stop somebody, eating them. Somebody they, asked me that one time. Yeah, like, anyway, that's... like screaming, don't eat me. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah that's really yep. disturbing. Anyways, it finds a lot you more You did fun. not ask that. So no. which would be the most annoying? Yeah. Um, wow, that is so hard. I'm trying is to even... I, yeah. pr- you know what? I'm going to say uh, cockroaches because... <laughs> wow, cockroaches. Okay, yeah. I didn't expect well, to go into the insect world. can I say world. insects? That's that's included, sure. It's on right. the table. If not, then rabbits. <laughs> rabbits seem pretty. Yeah, yeah. I, I think Wait, they seem kind of rude. An oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So um, we have a guest. That's probably uh, you probably heard our guest voice. Yes, guest. Um, <laughs> um, I feel out. like a raccoon or Ooh. a possum would be really mean. Oh, yeah. really? Or a honey badger. Okay, a honey badger. See, I think a one. raccoon would be really sweet because they always have their cute little hands and the way they like ask so for vicious, food and though. stuff. Or a snapping turtle. Oh, I'm sure a snapping turtle is pretty crabby. It's just yeah. the, the right secret sauce, you know? <clears throat> right. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Prevention Nation. Where we believe that education and awareness can change the culture of violence. My name is Roy Lutz. And I'm Holly Smith. Yeah, well, next uh, we have a okay. guest here today. Um, you know, it's Sexual Assault Awareness Month. We have so lots we, of guests this month. It's really have, fun. Absolutely. It's been a lot of fun. And um, in uh, in the spirit of this um, conversation about sexual assault and, and what that the impact it has on people's lives, uh, our guest here today is going to share a little bit of her story, um, whatever she's comfortable with, and just, uh, you know, to kind of um, help us get to the bottom of some of the issues that we have uh, and that we address around victim blaming. So, uh, Holly? Yeah. Um, I just want to let everyone know out there that self-care is wonderful and that you should take that. So if there's any point in this podcast that you feel like the information is way too sensitive um, or just really hard to hear, it's okay to turn this off and it's okay to go do those self-care things that you need to. Um, but otherwise, Ava, um, little do people know out there that you are the daughter of Roy. Um, if you the don't, if you don't Roy. want people to know that, I'll cut it out. But it's okay. it's okay. <laughs> she's like, it's okay. I can be associated with my dad. Mm-hmm. Um, so can you tell us a little bit of your, uh, story, your survivor story, um, of sexual assault? Of course. Um, my name is Ava and I'm Roy's daughter. And, um, in the world of dance, there's like things you wear, like dress so you're a code. dancer. Yes. Okay. I'm a dancer. Uh, this is a previous. How long have you been dancing? Um, <laughs> I've been I'm dancing. joking. I know the answer to that. I've, I, I have been dancing since I was about four years old, and Ooh. I've been uh, in the competition world since about seven. I'm 15. Um, and in the dance world, there's like a dress code, and it's like usually black colors and like sports bra, booty shorts, leggings, things like that. And um, this was at a previous studio. Um, and in the dance world, a lot of people hate that little kids wear such revealing clothing. I know my mom had a problem with it, uh, with me wearing sports bras and shorts. Um, and, and what's the problem? What do you think the issue is that people have with that? I think that parents think that kids should be modest growing up and that they're introduced to things that they should not know at such a young age and should not be so comfortable with being (coughs) so risque. Um, 
but they are comfortable with it. I know 10-year-old me was comfortable with it. Yeah, because um, yeah, you're not the one putting, like, associations with that. You're not yeah. like, oh, sports bras equals this or yeah. whatever. You're just like, no, that's what we wear. That's what we do. Totally. Yeah, it's just the normal attire. Yeah. Totally. It's what you see on TV. It's what you see dancing with the stars. And so you think you can dance. Dance moms. Dance moms. <laughs> dance moms. Yeah, that was of. big in our house. <laughs> yeah. So that's just very common. And so the question arose after my situation it, it was so what were you wearing and I had series of outfits it was an ongoing thing and no matter what I was wearing none of it made it acceptable and none of it was an invitation and none of it ever will be an invitation for anyone and there's such a stigma around clothes are your invitation and that also goes along with kids in schools like dress code how like they don't like my back or my belly button out of my shirt but it's they're putting the idea or image in a girl's mind my age that we're the problem because of what we wear um instead of educating people boys and even girls that sometimes make very serious mistakes that their mindset is the issue and not what the victim was wearing. And I find that idea embedded in everyday life. And you just see it a lot everywhere you go. And that's something that I personally faced with my issue in elementary school. So it was when you were like way younger and like it was uh within the dance world within it wasn't like at school or something that correct was, so like, it was like world. ages like eight to ten okay and it was in my dance studio yeah um i was a latin ballroom dancer and okay. at this time i was also going to a different studio um shout out to them they're so great it was those are two different buildings yeah. i went to just a ballroom studio and then i went to one where i learned my main fundamental styles ballet jazz hip-hop contemporary tap but it was the ballroom studio where the issue was located so like afterwards that kind of aftermath like do you feel like people uh started like almost making excuses for like well it might just kind of happen in this realm or like it it was like out there like you were out there and like or do you feel like people were kind of more supportive of you um I feel like I definitely had a bit of a more supportive reaction um I did an essay on it in sixth grade called this wow wow that's crazy (laughs) yeah I did an essay on it called this I believe and it was just something it could be a big ordeal or it could be a very insignificant story and um it's just something that you believe in it could be something like I don't know, patience or kindness. Yeah. And mine was just about respect, and I just talked mm-hmm. about how I believe in respect, and it's a big thing in my life with something as simple as respecting your neighbor. Especially or, since you were disrespected. Like, of course. And I said that at the end of my essay, my closing line. I forget how it went, but it was something like, yeah. I was disrespected by someone, mm. blah, 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 blah. But um, respect, that essay also just taught me, like, as a little, like, sixth grader, like, Respect is such an important thing, and respect is something that is obliterated in situations of, like, sexual assault. Mm -hmm. And so no matter where you are and no matter what the situation is, respect is always something that should be in mind. Right. No matter what you are wearing, no matter what you are doing, Mm -hmm. no matter 
if like you even if this wasn't like an outside source if it was like your dating partner or something like that no matter if you like said you wanted to you know do something and then you Mm -hmm. decided not to like respect demands that your boundaries not be crossed of course totally yeah but and do you think uh the outfit has anything to do with that that level of respect or boundaries um i honestly just think that like like no matter what you're wearing it's just like you shouldn't be a lot of people have like low amounts of respect for people that do like 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 pole dancers like a lot of people find them like really like gross and Mm. like but it's just one not your business and so Mm -hmm. it's just little situations like that where you just have like just worry about yourself yeah because it's areas like that where that it's things that involve provocative clothing that there's a lot of disrespect and you don't like yeah. the person or you think you're less than with, like, slut-shaming and stuff. Mm. Or how many people someone kissed. Yeah. And These precursors, just, like, yeah. oh, that happened. So it's, like, maybe okay. Like, it's yeah. a, an excuse almost. Yeah, it's, like, a structure in society where it's, like, if, if you're an accountant, you're higher than uh, someone that works at a club. It's just, yeah. how, it's just how it is. It's, like, pantsuit versus bra and tights. Yeah, it's, so it's, like, this group gets respect, but that group, no, they're not really, like, asking for respect totally get it but yeah it's like not how exactly that's how i would say it they're it's like they don't want respect but they do want respect the people that work at clubs are i'm sure cool people i've never met someone i'm (laughs) sure you guys have and um that's maybe maybe i don't know um i don't know i don't know (laughs) but that stuff is like super cool and they do it for a living and i mean they make money and they're happy doing it and if they feel confident in their bodies enough and they feel confident in their own minds and their environment then but so be it yeah well one thing that we've talked a lot about at home and just in in the dance world in general around the outfits the concept of the outfits is how much of this is the perception of the viewer because uh you know ava mentioned earlier about uh children dressed in uh, more revealing clothing and dance and the conversation has oftentimes been that this is the this is the viewer's perception if the viewer is sexualizing the person or if the viewer is uh using your outfit or whatever outfit you're wearing as uh their form or their bias about what you kind of person you are Mm. um when in reality in dance the the clothing is meant to show the lines of the dance and the and the actual skill the different the very particular things about dance that judges are looking for um so i think it just in this conversation when we talk about victim blaming so much of that is this perception of the the perpetrator this their perception is your outfits uh um uh, influence over their decisions but in reality it is their behavior their yeah. problem mm-hmm. not the problem of the wearer of the clothing right definitely and and there and it's not even just dancing there are i am sure thousands of people out there that have like experienced something like you have and then people ask them these like dismissive questions or these blaming questions of like what were you wearing what were you doing why didn't you try to fight back or something like that there's um I heard it from someone else, and then, Ava, you brought it up earlier. Um, 
or at least I heard it. Anyway, um, there is this whole exhibit online. I can't remember which university did it, um, but people submitted, literally submitted their clothing that they were wearing or something very similar, like if it was a uh, T-shirt and shorts or whatever. Um, and you can go through, I'll put it in the show notes, but um, you can go through and listen to these people say like, it happened to me while I was wearing uh, pajamas. It happened to me while I was out with someone. It happened to me while I was wearing, you know, athletic shorts and a t-shirt or something like that. Mm-hmm. So it's like, what, like, even if it is a specific type of dress or like, no matter what, like, no matter what you're wearing, no matter what you're doing, no matter what you tried to do or didn't do, like, it's never the victim's fault. And I I don't understand. I think you probably don't understand why people keep... I don't think anybody can. I mean, when you talk about the issue of consent... why do you keep asking those questions? Yeah, where is consent given in any of that? Yeah, absolutely. And a lot of times, too, the the people who are the perpetrators want, like, there's some sort of, like, power to be held or something Mm -hmm. like that, especially when it's a young person. Like, you were very young when it happened, and that person, I'm, I'm, I think, was older, right? Yes. So, it's, like, this position of power, and it's, like, they're... It's, it's their choice what they're doing and like you could be covered from head to toe mm-hmm. and they can still do that like it's mm-hmm. definitely yeah i don't think that would have mattered i, I really don't think yeah, in sexual absolutely. assault that comes which is interesting about when that i guess starts or when that when it that, becomes part that of the is. yeah well when it becomes part of the conversation because i don't uh i i agree with you holly that i don't think that it is the perpetrator's idea that you're wearing a certain thing, therefore they you're are going to do. For it no, it's going to happen no matter what your outfit is. So who brings that conversation? Who yeah. brings that into the conversation? And when? Yeah, uh, mostly outside people, probably. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. you. It sounded like you were in a supportive situation, but I'm sure that there were some maybe people. <laughs> I think of dance moms and just how much drama happens behind mm-hmm. <laughs> behind the scenes, and like how many uh, people, whoever they were behind the scenes, just started like saying those things or asking those things. Yeah. And it's just like, those are irrelevant questions. Start asking why the perpetrator did what they did and start asking, like, how can we bring justice to this? Yeah, well, I've, had, oh, I've had boys in school, like, tell, like, girls to just stop talking about it. Like, mm. they told me to just, like, just stop talking about it. Like, it's not serious. Don't stop. <laughs> <laughs> or, like, just my friends in general. Mm. And, like, in school, I recently have been seeing that there's, like, a been a lot of attention to it online that there was like this thing called like slap butt friday oh that's yeah that's been a thing for decades yeah and then like like chest touch tuesday Mm -hmm. and stuff like that and that's i'm taking my kid out of school just saying i'm just joking that stuff is like embedded into like the school system Mm. and or like the fire truck game and it's like I'm not familiar with this one. Yeah, they like the boy or whoever it is. Okay. puts their hand on someone's thigh and then they move it up. Oh, and you have to say that like just like you know. have to say like fire truck I think or stop when you're okay. uncomfortable, but they yeah. never stop. Yeah, and so they call that the fire truck game. There's something else I forget what it's called, which is like a it's like quoted as a game, you know, but like. It's sexual harassment, sexual assault is not in the eye of the beholder. It's not like, oh, exactly. this is like something they asked for. This is funny. It's like, no. It's like mm-hmm. whoever, the, the victim that is uncomfortable, um, if they don't want this happening, if they didn't say that they wanted to do this. Then, that should be the final word, yeah, right? Yeah, that's harassment, exactly. that's assault. Absolutely. That's mm-hmm. the hard line. Well, it's interesting how you say it was. it's part of the system, kind of ingrained in the system of school. Do you remember, Ava, um, with your scenario, your situation in the, um, in the ballroom dancing, do you remember when the clothing first came became part of the conversation? Do you remember where we were? This is a quiz. 
No. <laughs> quiz question. Well, oddly was, enough, it, it it's it was part of the system. It came in in the prosecutor's office when we oh, were. Oh, when I was wearing that white dress that one morning. And they mentioned that hmm. the that the defense attorney was going to um, ask me was going to ask about the clothing. Wow. Was going to made all these assumptions about her clothing that it was invitations. And I remember. And we at just, that time period, I wasn't even like wearing sports bras and stuff yet. You weren't like, even old enough. I yeah, might, you were just like, wearing ballroom gowns. I was just wearing like, I was just wearing like leggings and a t-shirt mm-hmm. in yeah. class. Like that was before my mom like permitted more res- provocative dance clothing. I not even the word provocative, just revealing. Yeah. Uh, my mom was very strict about that stuff, like leotards and t-shirts strictly. Mm-hmm. So I don't even think I'd ever worn a sports bra only to ballroom class yeah i think i always wear something and what minor what underage child is literally wearing clothes to invite an adult to no because (laughs) i've i've heard a similar thing it's like the um girls wearing makeup underneath their mask just proves it isn't for you like it's not Mm. for other people Mm. which is true i put concealer on my nose today and it was I mean, I took my mask off for this, but walking into the building, I was just wearing it because I want to wear it. Yeah. So it's the same thing. It's mm-hmm. like we we do it for ourselves, and that's like the perfect analogy that I saw the other day on TikTok. This yeah. boy posted it, and all the comments are from girls are like, "I love you so much, you understand us," like, <laughs> which is the bare minimum. That's so sad because I feel like everyone should understand yeah. that, but they don't. Yeah. And so you said it, the invitation thing. It's like, I. If I were to wear a sports bra to that class, it wasn't, I want to do this to impress my teachers because I just want yeah. to wear my sports bra to no. class. Especially at that age. Oh, yeah. my goodness. Yeah, it's strictly for you. I mean, it's, it, you know, the uh, on when looking back uh, through some of the sexual assault awareness history, uh, there was around this topic, there was a saying, however we dress, wherever we go, yes means yes, no means no. Um, Dr. Seuss read that? <laughs> right, Dr. I'm Seuss. I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. Like, uh, I think he's canceled. I don't know. Yes. Uh, ooh, the canceled <laughs> I don't topic. know. <laughs> um, that's a hot topic. But, I mean, it goes it goes to what you're saying, that you're dressing for yourself, not for other people. You're putting makeup on yourself yeah. for yourself, not for other people. Yep. So, not only is it not an invitation, but it's just, it literally it's has not for nothing anyone to else. do with anybody yeah. else at all. No. So... Yeah. Interesting. Well, Ava, I, I mean, could I ask you one question uh, just to follow up on when we think about you mentioned it being part of the system ingrained in the school. I brought up, uh, you know, and reminded us of that it's systemic in the justice system too. how will yeah. they quickly to blame. How do we how do we change this? How do we begin to change this this concept of um, what you were wearing, this conversation about what you were wearing to the perpetrator's behavior? Does it start with education with boys? I think it starts with normalizing talking about these things in school. Mm-hmm. I don't think I've, I think the last time we ever talked something that, talked about something with like such deep meaning was in seventh grade when we did this thing called the ID Project. Oh, yeah. And we did, mm-hmm. um, that's like a healing day for kids to like get things off their chest and like apologize and share their stories, not just for sexual assault, but if someone in their family had passed or drug abuse in the family or substance abuse in the family Mm -hmm. and just little things like that. And we did something called cross the line. And basically when they read something, you cross over the line and you see how many of your friends take that step. And yeah, ID project for those of you, those listeners out here uh, in Warren County, that is also known as redo day. 
Yeah. <laughs> oh, and, yeah. Yes. I just connected. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway. um, and actually, the other day, I told my principal um, at Lakota West Fresh that um, I feel like we should do that because the change, I'm, I'm a sophomore in like a few months, so I was just saying that like the change from seventh grade, beginning of middle mm-hmm. school to being a sophomore is such a drastic change. The amount of kids that could have lost a parent or a sibling or um, experienced addiction themselves or had a terrible coming out story or they were assaulted, that that's such a drastic change in your life. It's that to think of 13 to 15, 16 is you do so many there's so many milestones in between that time. Yeah. First kiss, first boyfriend, first girlfriend. There's just so many changes in your life. And I feel like if we were just to do one ID project in seventh grade and then never address it or have that healing day with your community ever again is such like a waste of time. Because if we want to mm-hmm. understand each other in that school and have a tighter community and feel more united, I feel like I don't understand more than half of the kids in my school building. I feel like if we did like not an, not an annual uh, like ID project, but like every two years or something like that. And instead of separating the genders, girls and guys, I feel like if we did it all combined, it'd be really healing. And I feel like I would actually feel like a community within my school instead of my friend group. Yeah. And it I could love be that you widespread. That. Yeah. 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 I love that you mentioned the community because, you know, that is the thing that, you know, I think is the answer. I think you're right is that when we start to look at things from a more community level, that mm-hmm. everybody, all of us are more similar than different. And mm-hmm, if you get yeah. to know people and understand, it's it's very hard to not love somebody that you know or care yeah. about. So when you get to know and care about people, you're less inclined to victimize them. You're less inclined to, right. uh, you know, you're more inclined to be a good bystander, step in. You're more inclined. Mm-hmm. I mean, it reaches on so many levels and you're not, and you're less likely to, to blame them for something yeah. they that was not their fault. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Ava. I seriously thank you so much for coming in and of course sharing. It takes a lot of guts and a lot of courage to share what you did. So thank you so much. And uh, yeah, of course. we'll catch you some other time. Thank yeah. you. Thanks, I'll see you around. Yeah. See you in the see car. Yeah. <laughs> right in the car on the wheel. <laughs>